0: to the season finale of Brandon World here on this Sunday, August 7th 2022. It is good to be back here with you today. Our first and only show of August as we wrap up this NBA slash MLB slash wrestling slash a little NFL portion of the Brands World Podcast for the spring and summer of 2022. It's starting Labor Day, September 5th, 2022. We are full speed ahead. We will do wrestling, of course. We will break down WWE's class as a pay-per-view or premium live event, if you will, as well as I will be giving you my full NFL predictions for the 2022 NFL season. Now, in May, as you know, we said here, we went through every single game of the NFL calendar, every regular season game, every postseason game. I will not be doing that. On camera for this version, what I will do is I will have already done it before and make any adjustments for my May predictions, and I will just lay it out for you. I will also have it as a written column on my Subtract page. That link is down in the description below. I cannot wait, ladies and gentlemen. It is the bread and butter of the Brands Work podcast. Of course, when we were on radio at podcastgirlradio.com, Fall was always the best time of the year. And then we talked a lot of football in the spring semesters as well. But since, obviously, we started doing this as a podcast full-time last fall, I really enjoyed how we kind of weighed out the football season, with Monday's being that we will recap the week's action from Sunday, the National Football League, then Thursdays, right before the Thursday night game, we give our predictions for the following Sunday. As always, I'll give you my top five Best bets as well. Now, there is gonna be a change to the podcast that we had, you know, last year. That's not gonna be the case this year, and that's the fact that it's gonna come out later at night due to the fact that I do work at day job at this point now. So I admit that the podcast may not come out till about seven, six, eight Eastern, somewhere in that six to eight window. You know, I'll have to figure out with my schedule and that stuff. Possibly it could be a little order earlier. We will have to see. But yeah, just so you guys know, that change is on the horizon. I thank you guys so much here. Season six was a lot of fun. We had a lot of great guests. You know, we covered the most stupendous WrestleMania in history. We covered the most stupendous SummerSlam in history last weekend. We had on great guests such as my guy, Joey Schneider from League Media, also from We Win Media, Brandon Lerador, uh Josh Unger you know and then when we transitioned here and made a more of this sunday show format for the rest of the summer we talked a lot about the nba playoffs and we talked a little bit of baseball as well which we don't really talk a lot of baseball we will today with the trade deadline coming but again i appreciate you guys so much for hanging in there there's also a huge story in wwe that obviously broke this summer with vince mcmahon leading the company we're going to talk about triple h's vision of the company at the end of the show today but as always Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Brandon Lewis underscore seven. Make sure to follow the show at Real underscore B-World. And there is no better place. Well, I shouldn't say better place. There's obviously better things to talk about than this situation. But we're going to start today by talking about Deshaun Watson. Because we have been knowing what went on since Monday. Obviously, Judge Sue Robinson made her decision Deshaun Watson will be suspended six games from the National Football League. We know the Roger Goodell and crew did not like that. We know that they have now appointed another person to hear the case. And it sounds like the NFL wants a definite suspension of Deshaun Watson for at least one season. Now, throughout this whole process, let's start with when the fact when the Browns got Deshaun Watson, you heard my breaking news podcast about it, which you can go back and watch on Anchor. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to any podcast. As always, our video clips are also up on the Brandon's World YouTube channel. But my reaction was, I was over the moon for Browns fans. You guys know how I felt about Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. I did not think it was a good marriage him and end coach Kevin Savancy a change clearly needed to be made and in my opinion the Browns have finally found their franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson and I do think it will be worth the wait whatever that wait will be I think at some point Deshaun will play in a Cleveland Browns uniform and for Browns fans sake I hope it's this year obviously I understand the concerns however as I've always said, the NFL was a business. The NFL was taking chances on players. You know, you look at a guy like Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he was still suspended for a year, but he was in love. Now, Ray, you know, he was in love with the fan base. Now, Ray Rice is another guy who, you know, did not get a second chance. Now, if you guys remember, Tyreek Ill got in trouble for whipping it on it. Iriek Ill got no games and is still beloved and is known as one of the best wide receivers in football. I understand, obviously, this is a different case, but as we know in the National Football League, winning cures all. And to me, on the field, there was no doubt about it. This was the correct move for the Browns to make after being out on the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Obviously, Russell Wilson went to Denver. Now they get Deshaun Watson. I do think the Browns, are a very important football team, with Deshaun Watson. Now, here's the thing. If Deshaun Watson misses the whole year, then yes, I agree with you. This Brown season after week six is pretty much over because I don't think Jacoby Brissett can beat Baltimore twice. I think he could possibly beat Pittsburgh once. I don't think he can beat Cincinnati. So that's where, to me, the upgrade of quarterback comes in because I'm not even sure if Baker Mayfield could do that. But this Browns team, you know, their first six games at Atlanta. I'm not thinking too much of Atlanta this year. That should probably be a win. Same thing with the Jets week two. Pittsburgh, their quarterbacks are all struggling in camp, even though that's a divisional game. And then the Browns are the better team. That could be, you know, Reno and obviously Carolina week one with Baker Mayfield. Now, if Baker Mayfield starts. We know that's going to be a tough game because we know Baker Mayfield is going to come out fired up. You know, we know. That he's gonna wake up feeling quote unquote dangerous, whatever the hell that means. And so to me, if the Browns can escape there three and one, obviously the Chargers will be tough. We know New England, even though we don't expect them to move the ball that great offensively, we know they could be tough. So if the Browns can go three and three, you know, even four and two in the first six games, and Watson does not get an indefinite suspension. I do think that this Brown season is still going to be tough down the stretch. But you'll certainly be in better shape than if you start off two and four, one and five, or oh and six. Now here's the thing when it comes to this ruling, is Judge Sue Robinson basically said that Deshaun Watson kind of does deserve more games. She believes that the quarterback, the former Houston Texan quarterback, was not telling the whole truth basically, in her ruling, but she revealed the NFL pretty much has no guidelines on it, so she pretty much cannot suspend him any more than six games, two games each for, for, for each account of the sexual assault, which, again, the NFL PA pretty much said, hey, uh, you know, NFL agree to this ruling. Why have a judge if you're not going to agree to the ruling? And it just shows that the NFL at this point is power-hungry. They feel that Deshaun Watson is tainting the image of the game. They feel that like they're going to lose a lot of women fans. You imagine ratings are going to go down this year, which, again, is all true. But ratings have always bounced back, whether it's been COVID, whether it's been you know social issues with Colin Kaepernick, whatever the case may be, ratings go down, ratings will always come back up. Because the NFL was the greatest sport in the world. And the NFL, to me, this is not a good look for Roger Goodell and crew. As I said, why hire Judge Sue Robinson? if You're not going to go based on her ruling. It was pointless then to have a judge. It was pointless then to wait all this time. They should have just put Watson on administrative leave. Should have just suspended them an additional year like they wanted. And we could kind of all go on our merry way. But apparently the NFL wants to draw this. This, you know, long colluded plan out, I guess, if you will. And it's really frustrating because for the Browns sake, they don't know. Now, you know, the NFLPA appeals Deshaun Watson could potentially start week one. You know, this appeal could last all season. And then next season could be the season that Deshaun Watson gets suspended, which would stink for him because, as we know, the Browns did a reduced number to salary cap this season. Next season it's it's an over and of the amount. Maybe that's what the NFL wants to make Deshaun Watson pay you know a real amount of money for the suspension. I have no idea. It's all a tricky situation. Everybody is obviously running in circles over it. That's why I haven't commented a lot until we get concrete news because it is so much speculation. But you know, I thought initially he was gonna get a year. And then the reports kept rolling out that, hey, it could be eight, it could be six, it could be four. And I have always contested to you, and again, not saying that all of the 22 women involved initially in the case are lying, but I've always contested to you that when a guy says, hey, take me to court, I did nothing, I'll testify, I'll do whatever you need me to, I did nothing, that to me shows that Deshaun wants and really believes he did not do anything wrong because you just don't say, hey, take me to court. I know I'm going to win. If you don't think you really have a good fighting chance, in my opinion. Now, I do think that Deshaun, and i judge just Sue Robinson alluded to this, I do think that he did something with those massage therapists. The reason why she ordered you know, him to only get massage therapists from the Browns. I do think that Deshaun did some sort of, of uh, misconduct, but I don't think that it's worth a year's suspension. I think six games is fair. The NFL should have accepted it. There's no reason to have Judge Sue L. Robinson on this case. Unless you fully agree there should have been in writing. Both parties will agree to whatever the judge rules. So basically at this point, everything that was going on beforehand was a waste of time. And we'll wait to see the result of this. As of right now, Deshaun Watson is suspended six games. That's what I will go off of when I make my NFL predictions. Obviously, that could change. As I said, Watson could miss the whole year. Watson could start week one and miss the gauntlet of a season, which obviously includes five of the six division games, which would not be ideal for the Browns. And so, again, everything is, is up in the air, and we'll just have to wait and see where things go. So as mentioned at the top of the show, I don't talk a lot of baseball around here. Baseball, as I've always mentioned, did a terrible job at marketing. I thought that the MLB All-Star Game was okay. I like the players Mike Dub, As you guys know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Home Run Derby. I do wish the MLB still had that the winner of the AL versus NL gets home to an advantage in the World Series. It made the All-Star Game matter. It made you want to pay attention. And it made you want to root for, in my case, the American League. Hey, even when, in my case, with the Cleveland Guardians, we're in a tight division battle right now with the White Sox and Twins, but I want to root for White Sox and Twins players because I feel like I have a chance to get to the World Series and if the American League wins, no matter what our record is, we're going to have home field in the World Series. It created urgency, it made the MLB All-Star game different and it made it matter. I miss it a lot, but you know, the MLB trade deadline occurred this past Tuesday and the biggest move is obviously Juan Soto going from the Washington Nationals to the Washington or excuse me to the san diego padres not the los angeles dodgers i completely apologize on that juan soto is now a san diego Audrey. and you know it was recorded that juan soto turned out a massive 15 year what was it 400 million dollar expenses from the nationals he wanted to play in in a in a big california market now san diego is is in a crazy big market but they're still in california he wanted to play Burke and Denver. He went to Manny Machado and grew in San Diego. Blue Gordon also got Chad Ayer from the Milwaukee Brewers. I have no idea what the Brewers are doing. They are essentially in a first-place tie with the same blue as Cardinals for the NL Central title. And they traded away their best closer, maybe the best closer in baseball. I don't understand it whatsoever. But I don't think that this one Soto move by San Diego puts them over the Dodgers, I think it is a wasted time move. I would have not made it, and as I have always contested here, baseball is different than the NFL It's different than the National Basketball Association, especially. Stars don't matter, right? The Angels have the two best players in baseball. Shin A. Otani and Mike Trout, who obviously just went on the designated list, but they did have, when they were both healthy, the two best players in baseball. Their manager got fired in May after they lost 12 straight games. Because outside of Oksani and outside of Toronto, they have no hitting. They have no pitching. It does not matter if you have, you know, asked of all stars, if you will. It is about good pitching. It is about timely hitting. It's about playing good defense. What baseball always has been about. It's why the Cleveland Guardians not make a move at the MLB trade deadline they have all these kids and they just wanted to see it play through i know a lot of guardian fans were mad they did not make a move for a catcher or a starting pitcher or or a bullpen arm i kind of expected it i wasn't mad i like winning the kids play out especially in the week al central but we all know now baseball is extremely top heavy the two by far favorites in the american league this year and even though seattle has a great young kid in this rodriguez they're not a real championship contender you know minnesota chicago cleveland one of those three is going to win the division one of them may sneak into the wild card their playoff contenders they're not true world series contenders the american league east tampa's not even close to the yankees toronto's decent you can make an argument the world series contenders but by far the two best teams in the american league are the yankees and the astros on the National League side, you could say the Dodgers and the Padres, and you can even throw in the Mets a little bit in there, are the three best teams in the National League by far. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and St. Louis are all kind of chasing each other. Obviously, Milwaukee, St. Louis fighting for the NL Central. Philadelphia is fighting for a wild card with the Braves in the National League East. The Giants are taking a step back after being the team with the best record in baseball last season, which we all kind of expected because they overachieved last year. But I think you take a look at baseball right now, and it's Dodgers, it's Yankees, and it's Houston, right? It's Houston, it's New York, it's Los Angeles. Vince Scully just passed away this week, and so did Bill Russell, two great legends in the sporting industry. Of course, Bill Russell representing Boston and the Celtics and, of course, the Red Sox have not, you know, they're okay this year. They're not great. They haven't felt like a special franchise since they won that World Series in 2018 with that cheater Alex Cora that stole from the cheating and the banging in Houston. But nonetheless, it just feels like we are set up for either Yankees or Astros. Versus Dodgers World Series. Now, we all thought that last year, and the Braves did face the Astros and beat them shockingly to me. If you recall back in October, I thought the Astros were going to easily win the World Series in five or six games. That did not occur. the Atlanta Braves, beat the Astros in six games. And it just goes to show, man, baseball is all about being timely and getting hot. You can have the most out in the world, you can have an all star team, one through nine hitting. But if you don't have the proper pitching, and if you don't play good defense, and if you don't get timely hitting, you're not going to win baseball games. That's always been the key to baseball, and it's about you, and playing together, and stringing together, hits and being a good team, and managing well, and having a good bullpen. That's what Atlanta did last year. They were under 500 in August. They ended up winning the World Series, and now, obviously... Juan Soto, a 2019 champion with the Washington Nationals, who were also struggling at that time, as the trade deadline is now in San Diego as Washington begins their rebuild. For San Diego, I think it's a risk that I would not have taken. I'm glad my small market guardians did not take that risk. For Washington, I'm surprised they didn't get that much back. They're going to be terrible now for the next couple of years. or to be pretty good, you know, for, for most of my lifetime. But, yeah, baseball's trade deadline, yes... There were a lot of moves, and the biggest ones for me are going to be San Diego giving, getting Soto, getting Ader. Obviously, we saw and Sini leaving Baltimore, but there's not really a move to me that really struck out as, like, over-the-top move. You know, again, baseball is just so top-heavy with the top three, with the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Astros. I don't think it really matters what, what any of these teams did. You know, if you make the playoffs great, the players are now going to be six from each side, 12 team format, similar to the old NFL format. We have one and two get by three face six in a three game series at the three, four faces five in a three game series at the four. And then we move into the AODs and the NLDS, which is best of five. I wish it was best of seven. And then obviously the CS best of seven, World Series Festive 7, and that's the new baseball format. And I think at the end of the day, you know, the trade deadline doesn't move the needle for, for everybody. You know, we saw Francisco Lindor go to the Mets last year. The Mets were terrible last year. They're better this year, but they're certainly not better than the Dodgers. And I don't even think they're better than San Diego in the National League. But we'll have to see, come playoff time, who gets odd. And that could be the trick to winning it all in Major League Baseball. Hey, and it is time for the final topic of the War Podcast Season 6. And that is the game. Triple H taking over creative in WWE, which he has done now for one week. And as I reviewed last Sunday, SummerSlam outside of WrestleMania was the most enjoyable premium live event of the year. I still cannot get over all of the action that occurred, especially that last man standing main event between the end of the and the beast Brock Lesnar, easily in my opinion the best last man standing match of all time. We also had a new stable occur in Bailey with Dakota I and EO Sky and the return of the Rated R Superstar Edge. We got our real first taste of what the Triple H creative era is going to be. This is Monday on Raw, and it looks like Raw right now with Roman Reigns being the Undisputed Champion with no World Champion on Monday Night Raw. Raw put a real great focus on the United States Championship with two incredible triple threat matches with AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali, uh, and Dolph Ziggler. And then, of course, you had or Excuse me, it is as Mustafa Ali and Miz. And then you had Champa. Dolph Ziggler and Jan Gable in the second triple Threat match. The winner of those two triple match will move on later in the night. It was obviously AJ Styles and Champa. Champa beating AJ Styles. And now next Monday, live from Cleveland here, where I will be at the Roger Forgett Piotons for a Raw. It will be Champa. taking on Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Champa wins the United States Championship. I think it is once again a real sign that Triple H is in charge. Ciampa had no direction under Mr. McMahon. It's one of the reasons why Ciampa for years vocally advocated to keep him in NXT. When he finally got caught up to the main roster, he's been working with Miz in this field with Logan Paul and AJ Styles, but well, really has felt unimportant until Monday night when he put on a show. And it was two matches, the Divorce, first the Triple Threat, and then the match with AJ Styles, later in the night was phenomenal. Pun intended as every match with the phenomenal related challenge is just amazing. Then we have Bianca Belair going one-on-one with, with EO Sky as the new Raw Women's Championship challenger occurs. It looks like Reno Ripley, who was initially scheduled to go one-on-one with Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank before getting injured. It looks like she is now going to be focused on the storyline with Edge and The Judgment Day. As I mentioned on last week, who knows if Edge and Beth Phoenix come back and they do a tag match, with Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley versus Edge and Beth Phoenix, and that could lead to the rated our Superstar versus Demon Finn Bauer, which I do think will get a little bit more of the Demon. I think we'll see Finn Bauer's full personality on the main roster. You know, when Kevin Owens gets back from his injury, I think we'll see a lot of Kevin Owens. You know, we're already seeing Seth Rollins' Riddle go at it for a great night. It's going to be a class of the castle I think we're going to see a lot of these guys who originally were at NXT when Triple H was the of the black and gold era at NXT get it into the shine. And, with, and as I mentioned, with the world champion on SmackDown holding both belts. Using RAW as the United States Championship as the world title to me works, we've already heard reports of Sasha Banks and Naomi potentially coming back to the company, which I think is a good sign. We've heard reports of promos being less scripted, which is another good sign. We're hearing terms like wrestler and professional wrestling are going to be allowed. We're hearing their forbidden door is going to be open up under Triple H. So this is truly a new era of WWE. You saw the ratings from Monday Night Raw, the first hour, got the most viewership since the pre-Covid era, which again, is just adding to the intrigue of what the game's H will bring to this new era of WWE. Interestingly enough, we have not seen the big guy, Amos, on TV, which I'm a little bit concerned, because as you guys know, I'm a little bit more of a big wrestler fan. You know, I like the big guys. I think Amos, though, could be potentially phased out of the Triple H era. I think in this new era, we're going to see more focus on storytelling. You know, we saw Triple H go on the Impulsion Podcast with Logan Paul this week, you know, right before SummerSlam, and the game pretty much said that, hey, I want to bring back the storytelling the wrestling, and I want to do it in the ring, but with Raw. We're already seeing a lot more action on Raw and SmackDown, which, again, I think is another good change. It's going to take time to build up these guys' characters. Now, like a Dakota Kai, like it EOS Kai, like it Tampa, that were big stage in NXT. But we know that the NXT audience is a lot different than the main roster WWE audience. So I think there's going to be a better transition, though, with Triple of power from what you see in NXT transitioning over to the main roster. I think these guys will be treated almost the same. They'll be treated like a big deal. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the WWE draft occurs, when Survivor Series occurs, if NXT is once again involved in those plans like they were in 2019, now that they stripped NXT to the bare bones. I think they know they got a star down there in the current NXT Men's Champion, Ron Breaker. I think we expect to see Mamie Rose at some point move back from NXT to the main roster. But there's been a lot of praise from all of AKA Triple H, in his first week of creative. And I think we're just gonna see a lot of different things. You know, commentary has already gotten better. Michael O oh, was absolutely phenomenal on Saturday Night at Silver Slam. was one of the best calls I've heard him have. Just again, credit to everybody involved for everything. There's a lot of change, as they've alluded to on TV over the past number of weeks, has occurred in wrestling, and I, I think it's a good change. You know, sometimes, you know, you're running a business for so long, and sometimes you just need a fresh for a change. And I think the game Hunter Earth tells League is going to make this change I don't think everything he's going to be doing is going to be good. You know, I didn't think Raw in particular was amazing Monday night. But again, I think it is going to take time. I'm looking forward to watching SmackDown tonight at the time of this recording, which is on a Friday morning. Looking forward to seeing what the Blue Brand gives tonight. Looking forward to seeing if Pat McAfee can beat the hell out of Abby Corbin. Maybe they give Adam Corbin one more match at the Castle. I'm looking to see the interacting direction they take Reigns and McIntyre. Triple H and has been very open, saying that he believes Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns could be this generation's rock Stone Cold Steve Austin. He says it's a WrestleMania match every time they meet up, which means we're getting a WrestleMania match at Wise of the Castle, where there will be a phenomenal reception in the United Kingdom. I cannot wait to break that premium live event down with you on Labor Day after we watch it on September 3rd. I think it's going to be just a great show with the best fans. No disrespect to any fan base in the United States, but the best fans in the world, as we know, are are always outside of the U.S. because they're passionate for sports, because they're passionate for live events, which they don't get a lot initially i was going to do like a premium live event breakdown of these are going to be all the changes that occur in wwe we're going to book to wrestlemania 39 but i think it's impossible to know right now the direction of of triple h because we don't know who's getting pushed we don't know who's not getting pushed we don't really know who's going to develop who's not going to develop we have an inkling that people like like Raquel rodriguez and you know maybe a shana baszler you know, just all the time I had in the women's division. I already mentioned guys like Damian Priest, Finn Bauer, Rio Ripley, Champa. Potentially, Johnny Gargano comes back with his wife in K- his loray. So I think it's going to be a different era of WWE. I think mean, there's a lot of folks happy they love Triple H's great division, and who knows, maybe the Fiend will return as well. But the, we're going to go in and wrap things up. That is it. That is the season finale of Brandon's World Season 6. Thank you guys so much for spending your spring and summer with me. I know we took April off due to the fact that I just got a new job, which today at the time of this recording is my first day off of that new job. I'm loving it. I love the new Sunday format that we did, but we did have one episode. We did have one episode in April, which means that we will have one episode For every single month this year, this is the first time in history that Brandon's World has had one episode for every single month of the calendar year. We are only getting started. We made it for the NBA with all the talk about Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. All these big stars potentially moving. We made it through the Major League Baseball season, albeit we thought there was going to be a huge lockout, but we made it. There's 162 games. We'll continue to watch as we get into September, and we made it through a crazy NFL season where there was legal tampering going on with Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins. Trying to get Tom Brady, you got big name wide receivers like Devontae Adams on the move. You got the Bills looking to win the Super Bowl. You got the Rams looking to repeat. You got the Cleveland Browns with their Deshaun Watson situation. You got my Philadelphia Eagles going in with Jalen Hurts, you know AJ Brown, uh, Jordan Davis, Nicole B.D. D. Those great draft picks. You got Matt Ryan on the move to Indianapolis. Carson Wentz to the the, uh, football team. Russell Wilson. (laughs) To the Denver Broncos, the Saints, Sean ain't no longer there. Atlanta, as I mentioned, moving on for Matt Ryan for Marcus Mariota. Aaron Rodgers trying to do it without Devontae Adams. Just to name a few. There's so many storylines going into this National Football League season. I cannot wait. The AFC West is stacked. The AFC North is stacked. The AFC East Buffalo is good. Indian Tennessee are going to be really good in the South. NFC East, you still got Philly and Dallas. NFC West. We'll have to see what Trey Lance can do. We'll have to see what Arizona can do with the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. NFC North, new head coach Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Will he get the Vikings over the Packers? And then the NFC South, in my opinion, I think is the easiest division to predict in football. Tampa Bay will dominate, but will Baker Mayfield have a resurgence in Carolina? That's the question we'll have to wait and see on that. But again, we will be back September 5th. Labor Day Day, breaking down the events that happen at WWE Clash of the Castle, the premium live event. Will Drew McIntyre be the undisputed universe champion at the time of our recording on that Sunday? And then we will break down the entire NFL schedule. What are my best bets for over-under win totals of the 2022 NFL season as we are about five weeks away From Bill's Rams, Thursday Night Football, my week one best bets of the 2022 NFL season. You see, I'm already smiling about it. I can't wait. It's my favorite time of the year. Football is right around the corner. And we will see you then.